Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Croner. I'm an assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Whole Assistant Podcast. Today we are talking all about trusting your gut. Um, And this podcast will likely be short and sweet. I just wanted to share some thoughts I have about trusting yourself, trusting your gut, and what that can look like for you. Also, what it can look like when we fail to trust our gut, right? So why is trusting your gut important? Well, in the office, it's important because it can help you add value to your executive and organization. So recently, Melissa Peoples and I co-hosted an executive assistant mastermind here in Denver. And during that mastermind, Melissa told a story of when she worked at Dell and they were planning a lot of layoffs. Uh, a, A significant percentage of their workforce was going to be laid off. And she's in this boardroom with all these higher ups who were super smart and um, had their, she had thought, had thought this through. And so they had tasked Melissa with sending out this email. And when she read the email, she's like, she knew that stuff was going to hit the fan if she sent it. But she also figured that the people in that boardroom making the decisions had already thought this through and had already thought of the ramifications of sending the email and had already decided that that was a thing to do. So she didn't trust herself to speak up. And what ended up happening was chaos ensued. <laughs> and she she learned the lesson in that moment of trusting herself, trusting herself to use her voice, trusting herself to add value by speaking up, trusting herself to be the boots on the ground, and trusting that her perspective was valuable in that boardroom. And so I share that Uh, that opening story as a lesson for us all to trust ourselves a bit more. And I did get permission from Alyssa. In fact, I just texted her. I'm like, would you mind if I share your boardroom story and tell? And she said, absolutely, go ahead. Um, And so, yeah, I do think that it is a value add. Trusting yourself can add value to your executive and organization. Also trusting yourself to speak up to your executive, trusting yourself to point things out to him, trusting yourself to actually use your voice and know when and when not to speak up. Okay. And this is also important because it can help you identify when you miss the mark. So it's fascinating to me, or actually not really surprising to me, but it's kind of amuses me how often I'll get a call from a friend. And now most of my friends are executive assistants um, because that is a world that I am in. So they're either an advocate for executive assistance, a former executive assistant, a current executive assistant, they are in that world in some capacity or another. And so I'll get a phone call from a friend and the conversation will revolve around like how they missed a mark in one way, in one area, and they were having like a totally uh, Jiminy Cricket moment. The Jiminy Cricket sitting on their shoulder going, oh, you missed the mark, you missed the mark. And so they're looking for direction on how to deal with that Jiminy Cricket voice inside of them. And I always tell them, and this goes for my clients too, who bring these things to me too, because we deal with this a lot in coaching, that that voice is a guidepost for you. 
We want to pay attention to that voice because it is a guidepost. So when we miss the mark, like I so often have, um, and I'm sure you have as well because we're all human, actually listening to that voice and paying attention to it so that you can do better for next time is a great way to help you level up and to also help you identify when you miss the mark instead of dismissing it, instead of pushing it aside, instead of getting defensive. So um, a while back, I'm sure I've shared this story on the podcast before, but a while back, like two executives ago, um, I was working for this gal who told me that there was no limit to what I could do for her, that there were no like borders. Like she, she just wanted she didn't want to be a bottleneck. So she basically gave me carte blanche to everything that I was managing for her. And one time I applied a signature electronically to a document. Now we'd only been working together for just a couple months at this point. I applied a signature to a document to wired funds. And I sent, I sent the document off and I instantly got that spidey sense. I instantly got that Jiminy cricket sitting on my shoulder going, oh, we missed the mark. We, we, there is a line you can cross. Even though she said there wasn't, there is a line you can cross and you definitely just crossed it. So I wrote her an email explaining how I was feeling and explaining that I was really sorry that I crossed a line because I, I get the sense that I did cross the line. And she immediately called me and she, and she told me, yes, Annie, you did miss the mark here. Please don't ever do that again. Please don't apply my, or adhere my signature to any documents moving forward. Um, just send me the document. I'll sign it. You can send it back just for transparency reason. Right. And I think part of that too, was so that I would be covered so that I wouldn't be liable to, for funds being transferred if she in fact didn't want those funds transferred. Right. And so what was really great about that is that that Jiminy Cricket helped me identify where I missed the mark, but then because I was so proactive in reaching out to her, it also strengthened our relationship. So I just love this so much because trusting your guts, while it may get you in trouble initially, always has a better outcome than hiding or skirting the issue or pushing that still small voice aside. I just found that whenever I push that still small voice aside, not the best things happen right? And actually facing those things head on can be super helpful. And then also trusting your gut can help you make crucial decisions. I think so many of us know that we may be in a spot where we need to make a decision, whether it's to leave our job, to leave an unhealthy relationship, to shift or or um, pivot in some way. And we feel stuck because we're unable to make that decision for some reason. So trusting your gut can actually enable you to make those crucial decisions from an empowered place, right? Even if someone around you, even if the person, people that you're dealing with are telling you, "Mm, no, you don't leave this job, whatever, whatever, it's got great benefits, it's got amazing things for you. If you feel like, if your gut is telling you that it is time to make a shift or make a change, That is a good thing. We need to listen to that and we need to trust our gut to help us make those crucial decisions. Otherwise, what ends up happening is we get stuck in resentment, we get stuck in frustration, we get shut down, um, and then we end up in burnout because our bodies are going against the flow too, right? We're kind of pulling our body along for the ride and it can be really stressful on our body as well. So there are a few roadblocks to trusting yourself or trusting your gut that I want to address here. And the first roadblock is thinking the answer lies outside of yourself. 
So guys, believe me when I tell you I am all for the wisdom of other people. And I do believe it can be wise to ask for feedback, but there's a difference between going to a wise confidant and asking for feedback and discounting your gut, right? Going to someone else and saying, here is my situation. Here is what I'm thinking of doing. Can you tell me what you think about this? And actually taking that, taking your gut into account as well, then making an informed decision from that place, as opposed to dismissing your gut, pulling everyone in your life around you, pulling your friends, pulling your family, pulling everyone to ask what they think you should do. And here's the deal. The the reason that's not a valid way of operating is that it can cause you to feel frustrated because everyone is going to have a different perspective and everyone is going to give you a different answer or a different solution to whatever dilemma you're up against. So actually developing that self-trust can help you in kind of discerning which way to go, taking in all the information, of course, asking one or two wise confidants, one or two sounding boards in your life to give you feedback, who know you well, who you trust, and then making a decision from that place while taking your gut into account. Because here's the deal, our gut instinct can change with really wise feedback. And so I also just want to take a minute to talk about God here for just a second, because I'm a believer. (laughs) And so I thought about this a lot. And I thought about like really spending time in prayer and like relying on God for wisdom and all of that. But here's the deal with that. You have to trust that you can hear God's voice in order to actually hear God's voice, right? Like you have to know that you trust that you, you are familiar with his voice. So that requires a level of trust also. So whether it's trusting your gut to make a decision or trusting yourself to be able to listen for spiritual answer, both require a level of self-trust. Both require trusting your gut on some level. So the first roadblock we just covered is thinking the answer lies outside of yourself. The second roadblock to trusting your gut are louder voices. So if you have been denying your like inner voice, if you have been not trusting your gut, not listening to your gut, not paying attention to your gut, your gut is going to, that voice is going to be really small. And there are going to be a lot of other louder voices outside of you giving you feedback, telling you what you they think you should do, all the things. So guys, I've got to tell you this story. It's crazy. So I just, I took my, my little baby, my one-year-old, um, to the doctor a while back because he, he's been having issues with his ears and his sinuses. We took him to an ear, nose, and throat specialist, and they said he has enlarged adenoids. We're also taking him to a naturopath so that we can try and boost his immune system. So we're kind of, we're kind of taking this on at all angles. And I took him to the doctor, to his normal pediatrician's office. However, we had never seen this provider before. And this woman looked in his ears and then looked at me and said, oh, he's got an ear infection. We need to give him antibiotics. And I looked at her and having been down this path with with my son before, I knew to ask if I could get a second opinion because in case you're unaware, um, ear infections are the number one most overdiagnosed or misdiagnosed condition in, in, in babies. 
And so I just asked if I could get a second opinion. And this doctor looked at me and she looked taken aback and she was like, what? And I said, I would just like a second opinion. I'm not trying to like insult your intelligence or anything. It's just that this is the number one most overdiagnosed condition or misdiagnosed condition. And she looked at me and she said, no, we cannot do that. My providers are busy seeing other patients. And it literally took her two seconds to look in my son's ear. And at this point, I know I'm not going to get anywhere with her. So I thank her for our time and we leave. My husband that took him to the pediatri- to the um, to children's hospital uh, to urgent care for a second opinion, and sure enough, he didn't have an ear infection. And what was really interesting is that as I was sitting there in the pediatrician's office with my son, I just knew in my spirit something was off. I knew something was off in my gut. I knew it, and so that's why I asked for a second opinion. And I kind of checked in with myself and I stayed calm, like, okay, should I, should I ask? Should I prompt even further? Should I like try and really advocate here? What should I do? And so I advocated the best I could in that moment and I left and I like called my mom bawling because like, I'm like, I trust, I don't think he's got it because if he did, he'd have like a heightened fever and this, that, or the other. And I know my son and I know how he acts when he has like a really bad ear infection. I truly don't think he has one. And I just felt in my gut that he didn't have one. But here's the deal. Her voice was louder in that moment. Not for me. Like I knew what I believe, but she was so entrenched in like having the answer and her years of experience and her medical degree that she could not see clearly to think that maybe she made a mistake or maybe she was misdiagnosing my son. And then to have that confirmed when he went, we took him to children's later on that afternoon, I was like, okay, I'm really glad I trusted myself, trusted my gut, right? So louder voices are another roadblock to trusting your gut. Thinking that someone is wiser than you, thinking that someone has more experience, thinking all those things, yes, true. And this doctor has plenty of experience. I'm sure she's a lovely human. I'm sure she's doing the best that she can. But at the end of the day, (laughs) I'm really glad that I trusted myself um, to actually listen to that voice because she wanted to put him on a very strong antibiotic after he'd just gotten off another round of antibiotics just a couple weeks prior. And I just knew there was something in, in my gut that told me, no, no. And for me, I attribute that voice to the Holy Spirit. I think that we all have that voice though. And I think that we can trust ourselves enough to be able to disseminate when when we should listen to others and when we should listen to ourselves. So the roadblocks of trusting your gut primarily are thinking the answers lie outside of yourself or these louder voices, if you have kind of trained that still small inner voice, that gut, to step aside, right? There can be louder voices that can come up and kind of um, make it harder to hear your gut, which makes it harder to trust your gut. Okay, so then how do we actually develop this skill of leaning into what your gut is telling you and trusting your gut a bit more? So the first thing is to recognize when something feels off. So when you get that spidey sense or when something gives you pause, I really want you to take just a minute to pause and check in. Something feels off to you. Don't just overwrite it. Now, believe me, I spent many years. I spent 28 years of my life 
overriding feelings, not all of them for sure. In certain arenas, I was much better, but especially with authority figures. If an authority figure told me something, I would override that inner knowing, that that gut feeling um, for their perspective or what they wanted to do or what they thought was best, right? Not so much with my peers through, through high school, college, and early adulthood, but a lot of the time with people who are in authority over me or um, in certain situations where I wasn't quite sure how to handle things, I would just kind of defect and defer to someone else. But I really want you to pay attention now to when something feels off and I want you to pause and I want you to be able to pinpoint what feels off. I want you to check in with yourself. Then you can then decide which way you want to go. But my one requirement for you all is that you like your reason why. So if you decide to go with the status quo, if you like your reason why, that's fine. If you check in with yourself and your gut is like really strong and you're like, nope, I can't do that because of A, B, and C. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. Good. Awesome. Another thing that I want you to pay attention to is when you get that spidey sense or Jiminy Cricket, don't dismiss it. So when you miss a mark on something and that Jiminy Cricket comes up and is like, oh, we missed the mark on that. We missed the mark. Don't just push it aside. I really want you to pay attention, check in with yourself, process through some shame or whatever it is you're feeling as we make mistakes or embarrassment or, you know, feeling like, like you're an idiot or whatever the case may be. I really want you to sit with that. I do. Because until you allow yourself to sit with that feeling and process through it, it's going to be hard for that voice to come up again. And we really want to foster this relationship with ourselves to where we're allowing for any emotion to come up so that we can actually be made aware of things so that we can actually learn to trust our gut a bit more, right? And it honestly, you can sit with it too. So so say something's happening in the moment, you're live, something's happening live, you feel like a spidey sense or, or you're thinking about it later and you kind of get this gut response, If you can't address it in that moment, you can leave the meeting, leave whatever, and then come back to it, come back to that feeling and and explore it a bit. Sometimes I will be, something will hit me after the fact. I'll be like, oh my gosh, did I miss a mark on that? Oh, I may have missed a mark on that. Or um, something will, will come back to me later and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that was a really weird response from that person. Or that was a really interesting way that they handled that. And I'll kind of just get this gut check about it. And I'll sit with it and I'll process through it and I may meditate and figure it out. (laughs) But actually sitting with those things and sitting with the discomfort of trusting your gut, of, of tapping into that gut piece can be a great way of strengthening that voice, of allowing that voice to grow and of trusting your gut. And also, um, as your gut presents you with things, as we begin to take steps to trust it more and more, like it may give you like, you may get a sense of what you want to do in a certain situation. As you take action on those things, that voice will grow and grow and grow. And what's so great about it is that I found that when I take action on that voice, not only does trusting myself increase, like that self-trust increase and that trusting in my gut increases, it also increases my confidence because confidence is always an outflow of self-trust right? And then you, you'll become more confident in trusting that voice, trusting your gut. And then last but not least, 
The last kind of strategy I have for trusting your gut is to recognize that you are the expert in your own life. You're the expert in your own life. And I truly believe this. And I tell my clients this all the time. And when I hop on discovery calls, I'm telling people this all the time. Like if you get the sense that I'm not your person and you don't want to work with me, that is 100% okay with me. I'm much more interested in you recognizing that you're the expert in your own life and taking the steps you need in order to improve for you, right? Recognizing that you're the expert in your own life. As a coach, I can only be a guide. I can only be a sounding board. I can only point out the thoughts that are happening in your own brain. It's up to you to decide how you want to utilize that information and recognizing that you are the expert in your own life is a great way to develop self-trust. It's also a great way to grow that gut voice. Okay, guys, that is what I have for you guys today. This episode ended up not being as short and sweet as I thought it would be, but I am really glad that you are listening today. If you have any questions or comments, you may email me at Annie at holeassistant.com. And I will talk to you later. Be intentional, be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at annie at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call.